You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 25. Woo! <laughs> Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is our 25th quarter century episode. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, this is amazing that we've stuck to anything for this long. And, more amazingly, people seem to be listening to it. And in rare (laughs) cases, even enjoying it. (laughs) Um, So what we're going to do this week is a a little different format. And we're going to... uh, Connor's going to go through his Pick of the Week real quick. Oh, by the way... I'm Josh. Uh, I got Ron. I'm forgetting to do this. I'm you know, so familiar with why you would all. it be any different on 25 than it was in the first one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we prepared, I swear. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm Josh, and uh, I run the website here. Uh, oh, oh, Josh runs the website. <laughs> with. <laughs> oh, crap. Let's just start over. No. Let's forge ahead. No, uh, Ron uh, hey. and, and Connor. Hello. Uh, uh, we make the website ifanboy.com with the help of uh, the posters and listeners and readers of it, um, which is a comic book discussion website. Every week we'll read a stack of comics, write a pick of the week about one of them, and then do this podcast here where we talk about it and other comics. But what's different this week is that we're going to get through the pick of the week, talk about that, and then we're going to listen. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, going through a big stack of listener mail that we've got. And uh, yeah, the pa- the past two weeks we've been. We've been showered in your emails with Hoardings. your questions, and, and so we're, we're dedicating this podcast to you, the listeners. So, it's an um, extravaganza 25th episode. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy it. So We should um, start music right there. Yeah, and, da, da, da. I heard um, the Benny Hill music. Was that just me? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> um, so, Connor, it was your pick this week, so why don't you take it away? Just briefly, this week's pick was Detective Comics 818, which uh, continues the one-year-later Batman storyline running through... Batman and Detective Comics. And so if you know Connor, he doesn't really even need to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Batman, it was good. Done. Done. Uh, just just really touching on it briefly, it's the, the last couple of years of Batman have been have been pretty rocky creative wise. There have been some good stories, but overall the feeling was not as good as it had been in previous years. Um I was getting I was pretty down about it because there's nothing I like more than a good Batman comic and nothing I hate more than a bad one. And now that we've had this one year later, things Batman's stripped strip down to the essence of Batman. It's kind of a comic book cliche, but there you have it. He's not as angry as he used to be. Everybody doesn't hate him like they did before. I mean, right before this all changed, everybody hated him, from the police department to his partners to Alfred to um, he just can't, can't kid, the kid on the street hated him. And <laughs> it's, it, you know, well, it's and hard you saw to read. what happened to Jason Todd. Exactly. He came back and from, from the dead even because he hated him so much. So... Um, it's it's not it wasn't fun reading, even though I like Batman grim and gritty as opposed to a happy go lucky as he was um, before Crisis on Infinite Earth. It's still it was a little bit too much. It, it and, had been going on for a long time, right? And it's just you know when he's always barking at people and people are just muttering behind his back about what a jerk he is. It's it was it was getting hard because one of the things about Batman is he's like. He's a contradiction in terms of that he's a loner, but at the same time, he's, so, he's surrounded by this big support system from Alfred to Robin to Oracle, Nightwing, the police department. I mean, even though he's the quintessential loner superhero, he's still, he's got this big family and support system, which um, he feeds off of. And now that now it's back. Now he's, he's they took a, the year in between Infinite Crisis and this storyline, apparently Batman and Robin and Nightwing uh, took off on their own 
to sort of mend their fences. Which, I mean, it hasn't been explored, but that's been a hint throughout the Batman books. Is that's where they they had disappeared for a year, and that's where they went. They went around the globe, and they Budapest got the trust back between the three of them. So did they, did they, did they do trust falls? They might have, but they were from <laughs> huge buildings. Yeah, um, one of those Singapore towers, and. Now it's it's back to classic Batman. Batman and Robin are teaming up, which they hardly ever did before. Um, somebody is, in the in the wake of Batman leaving, you can't just leave Gotham City by itself because it will tear itself apart. So somebody was fighting crime, and it appears that person was Two Face. Um, Wait a minute, isn't he a villain? Well, Two Face has always been he he wavers. But, I mean, he's got that good side to him that was Harvey Dent before he was scarred. Right. So every now and then he'll, he'll that side will pop, that side will pop through. And um, but of course he's not completely good because his form of fighting crime was to kill was killing the bad guys like the Punisher kind of so mm-hmm. um, this the last couple of issues we've had C level Batman villains showing up with bullets in their heads from a how many bullets two bullets from a double barreled pistol yeah oh and uh, this is something that they need to employ in the Superman books because there's a few of those villains, <laughs> villains that could be popped off pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> they could send they could send Dent on a fact finding mission to Metropolis. Yeah. So um, it's just really good, solid Batman stories. I think the detective part of the of the story is better, possibly because the art is so much better than than the one in the Batman book. Um, but I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty happy about it. I I guess once the storyline's over, the book will be split again between Grant Morrison and Paul Dini. But um, Dini, Dini's going to write Detective, which, Woo! which won't even be enough to get Ron, to get Ron to buy it. Yeah, no, I still you know what though? That can become a whack fest. I mean, just, <laughs> who knows what, I mean, ten years ago, five years ago, you could count on that to be, now I don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be a No, no, he, I think, I, I think Denny, I think Denny takes Batman seriously. Denny is locked think, in on Batman. He's, yeah, he's, I, I think he, he, like, it's, like, he, he, he knows it's the real, I think he'll, it's, it's going to be, I think it'll probably be very, very good. Unfortunately, I won't read it at all. But, um. That's and unfortunately, rid- I wish that he ridiculous. was ridiculous. He was spending less time writing Batman and spending more time doing Sock Monkey shows, but still, that's just me. <laughs> So. The last thing I'll mention about this is the backup story, which is a quintessential Detective Comics um, feature that used to always have a backup tale. Is the um, Batman realizes that he need, he's he only exists at the, during the nighttime, so he needs an operative for the daytime uh, to, c- to continue to investigate crimes and things because they just he can't just like, let them languish while the sun's out. It's such a very simple thing. It's like, hey, we got to hire somebody for the night shift, so somebody will answer the phone. It's it's just a yeah. basic business principle. Is it like the Ice Cream Man? Or well, what it's, it's a private de- detective who's been in the Bat books for a while called Jason Bard, who's just a regular dude. He's a private detective, but he's he's, pop- he's been popping up for years. And uh, so Batman officially hires him at some exorbitant salary to, uh, he's, to be his daytime He's kind dude. of a bastard. Yes. Well, and that's and that's why the Bat. Like, I like the little backup story. I've always liked them when they did them and were any good. The the Judd Winnick Josie Max stories a long time ago. Yeah, those were good. good. Those were really good. And introduced a great character. Yeah, so that's that's Detective Comics. We're gonna get too deeply into the discussion because we got a lot of viewer mail to get to. So. Right. Well, before before we move on to viewer mail, quickly, I mean, I, I think just to recap on the week, um, it pretty it was a pretty good week all around for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah I bought I, mean, a, I bought a metric ton of DC books. I didn't Teen buy any Titans Marvel was books. excellent. Um, X Machina was excellent. Jonah X Hex Machina. was excellent. Whatever. Aquaman was excellent. Um, well, excellent. Let- also, Aquaman was very good. Moon Knight was very good. Let's not let's yeah, let's not forget Moon Knight number one. I bought was, it because I was knew, more I, than good. I knew you would. I knew you would beat me down if I didn't buy it, so I bought yeah, it. Yeah, but it was good, wasn't it? It was good. And, and there was a there was a panel with Doom in it. Although I so. still, you know, I don't understand. Somebody mentioned on the website they didn't like 
they liked Moon Knight, but couldn't like Batman, and Moon Knight is basically the Marvel version of Batman. No, no, no. Yes, he always I mean, has there's to, a yes, lot of similarities. He has his but, moon plane, he throws moon boomerangs, I mean... Yeah, but he's multiple personalities, well, and he's got... add that part. Batman's he's, got multiple personalities, I, Moon Knight, Moon Knight is, is a treasure trove of potential. I understand so, that, but he's, he's, he's basically... I'm excited for this, I'm excited for this run, so... But so. Uh, the only thing that perplexed me this week was was planetary simply because it, com- it comes out so infrequently that I have no idea what's going still on. Out? Still buying that? Yeah, I like the art. <laughs> and I figure one day I'll just get them sit down and read I, them all in a row. I was confused when they were coming out regularly and now I, I just don't them. even... Yeah. Now I just I just buy it for the basically for the art because it's, I bought it's so uh, just uh, we've been going through I bought uh, Hard Times which is that prison book which I'm still recommending if anybody picks it up and reads the second season of it. Uh, Why the Last Man came out this week. Really good. Uh, as usual, um, but I think Vaughn eclipsed himself with Ex Machina, which was really an excellent, excellent. It was really, really good, really good. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up Robin from last week just on a whim, um, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was, it felt like when I was used to read the Chuck Dixon ones that were that were good. Yeah. Um, well, all I have to yeah. say about Robin is he's got this new costume, which I like, but there's no uh, his mask is different in all the books. You just need to get get, get around like there, the, and I really like know. the black costume more. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's better than the than the multicolored. I'm glad they're sticking with, with like a couple of shades, you know, right. not red legs or green legs, red right. top, yellow cape. This one's kind of like the cartoon version. Yep, which is not a surprise that they would do that. So I mean, again, it's, though, it's it's kind of like it, but it's it's not it's not the same. It's, it's clearly though, if he's fighting with Batman, the idea is to make him the target. Right. Bright, shoot the bright red one. Well, Batman which has worked. Beat your Tw- ass twice. <laughs> it's worked twice. Yeah. So there you go. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Infinite Crisis, where um, yeah. Superboy was killed. Fair. And um, the Earths were merged, it's, finally. It seems like this is all happening, like, oh, I don't know, like a month or two too late. Well, yes. Like, <laughs> yes, that like shouldn't we be done with Infinite Crisis so you guys can be all about one year later? We should like, have I been, just, yes. I feel like that's a big drop the ball. Sad, it's a, and it, it, it doesn't bode well for the 52-weekly 52, 52 series, if you ask me. But we'll see what happens. Well, the thing was, are you going to buy 52? I'm thinking about buying it. It can exist. It can exist independently because it's not so. Yeah. We've already skipped it, so it can happen or it cannot happen. Infinite Crisis. Right. You know, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about whether you know continuity-wise, but actually getting it out. Right. Well, we'll see. Know. Yeah. So. But you're saying fanboys are up in arms about that book. I'm it, just saying be. because the Earths have been merged and people are wondering whether or not the stories they've read are invalid, and I say, so what? Well, especially that you're reading the if you're reading one year later. I would say if the Earths have merged and they have. And you go to your comic book box, and all of your comics are suddenly gone. Then you've got to beat. But if they're all still they were... there. They're you know. Yeah. What do you care? They're, they're, the no stories, the stories still exist. You may have still enjoyed reading them. Yep. No. I would <laughs> it say still matters. There was a really great moment in the book. I have to mention that um, the whole the whole premise is that um, Batman's spy satellite brother eyes is is uh, causing trouble, and Batman goes up with the strike team to destroy it. And while Batman's in, in the gu- from the shield, yes, he's got Vic Mackey and uh, all those guys there. So <laughs> while he's while he's in the guts of it, trying to dismantle the circuitry, Brother Eye is taunting him with images of of Dick Grayson saying he's going to die against Superboy. Superboy is you know superhero Nightwing's always flesh, flesh and blood. So it was a really good psychological scene where he, basically the ultimate taunt to him would be to try to get to distract him so he won't dismantle the machine. Is to yeah, it was uh, the, the scenes of Batman and the, and the team were good. I thought. Yeah. So. Why yeah. do you like those scenes, but you won't buy Batman anyway? Let's move along. Oh, no, yeah, no. All right, so All listener right, so email. So we got a ton of emails over the past two weeks in response to our request. Um, right. 
which is awesome. So thank you. <laughs> so we're going to dive right in and just get started. All right. You guys ready for this? <sighs> Go. Okay, Should breathe. we play the okay. know you in the background? Our, our, oh. first, our first email um, comes from Scott in Scotland, actually. Um, and I want to make fun of that, but I won't because he sent us an email. Scott the Scott. Um, I did it. <laughs> um, so he found our site recently and really enjoys the podcast. Thank you, Scott. Um, one book he's never heard mentioned is The Goon. He's curious what our thoughts were on that title. He likes it very much and finds it some way similar to Bone, which he knows we like. Um, so that's his first question. So The Goon, which um, I never heard of. I don't even know who publishes it. It's Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Publishes it, right? uh, yeah. I read the I, – because I heard it was – good but it was after it had been out for a few issues like people were talking about it and I think I got one of their free comic book day ones Yeah, and I read it and I eh, it wasn't for it's, me I've never read yeah, Bone I, so I don't know how to bone have is, context is, for it yeah Bone is, bone is the it shit it seemed very awesome, different but, than Bone but, to me well, but, but, but we've, I've never read it so I don't know <laughs> The Goon was about I could be completely wrong but uh, it, it was this guy who uh, beats up these vampire zombies that are everywhere that's like that was bone? basically it. It wasn't like well, bone. Bone's got the rat creatures and all the all the fighting. Yeah, I mean, it was stuff. a black and white book in this sort of yeah. fantastical universe. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't know if there's a bigger story going on with the goon, but it, the goon was just kind of. It seemed to me like it was big and silly, like it would be like a Warner Brothers cartoon meeting like a horror movie. Like it was right. just kind of. I, I didn't really get into it. The art was nice right. and it's cool. I I just. It also had that sort of retro camp feel. Like it was supposed to be a book from the fifties, but it's happening now, and a lot of people really like that. Uh, it's never been my 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 thing. Yeah. It, I I know it's been one of those things that I've I've read very good comments on it, and mm-hmm. it's always been like, oh, I should check that out, but I just have never. So maybe, I keep going know. into like Tower Records here and seeing stacks and stacks of Goon action figures, and I'm just like, yeah, they can't even find a big audience to read the comics. Who, who's you know, well, how do they nice, expect to nice. sell? No, I'm, I'm not. It's just a marketing thing. <laughs> no, like there's just like how many people read a successful indie comic book at the most? Twenty, yeah. forty thousand. Now you're shipping uh, all these these action figures to, you know, tower record stores where they've got to sell you know hundreds of thousands of units to make any money. Like it just doesn't make yeah. sense. It's weird. So looking at this list of questions we have, we might have to limit the digressions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So no, that's, but I'm sure that's what the people sign up for is the digressions. Yeah, I know the digressions. I know. Okay, anyway, next. But so, so so Scott, um, he also said that he, you know, he um, listening to the podcast, he he agrees with us that Brew Baker's done a good job, and he um, thought that Brew Baker was going to be screwed uh, by taking on Daredevil after Bendis, but you know, agrees with us that it was that he's doing a good job, and based on Connor's comments, he may go check out Captain America, which is very so, good. So uh, thank you, Scott, in Scotland. If I may, if you like Brew Baker, um, better than Captain America is Sleeper. Yes. Uh, Sleeper from Wildstorm, which is just blow your mind away. Excellent. Um, you can get the trade paperbacks. He did a yeah. he did a series for Vertigo a few years back that never quite finished called Dead Enders, which was excellent. Um, and of course Gotham Central. Yeah, I'm pretty much. I, I, I've I've yet to find anything that even me I've even if his Catwoman is actually really good too. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's so. really good. All right, thanks, Scott. So on, Scott, on on to the next one. Um, Ian G writes in. Um, he enjoys the podcast as well. I'm just waiting for one person to be like, you know, I hate your podcast. But anyway, um, um, he thinks that we dish out some great info I, and leads. I think there's one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, he thinks we dish out some great info and leads on new books to pick up. So thank you, Ian. Um, his question is, if we were stuck on a desert island with one trade paperback, what would it be and why? Um, so let's go around. Watchmen. Start with- 
Connor? Watchmen. Watchmen, why? I think because every time I read it, I see something new in it. Cool. And, May uh, I, I have it's one It's dense question. enough where you can... Uh, you I can think I'm it. with him. I think I'm with him for exactly the same reason. But when you say one trade paperback, can it be a series? Like, could it be the Preacher run? No, no one, one trade paperback. paperback. Yeah, one one bound edition. Watchmen, hands down, second runner-up from hell. Yes, I was thinking that too. Ronald. I'm I'm going to be pathetically predictable and say the Dark Phoenix Saga. But well, that's, that's good. good. I mean, it's not something, there's yeah. nothing bad about that. Yeah. That's a good I, I don't I, I don't think I've ever ever not I that's one that's the one and you could look at it like if you look at my library it's the most worn trade I have it's the one I've read over and over again I just never get tired of it. You're going to buy the new so. version of it when you're older runs up. Um I don't know. I'm very sentimental to my. Will you I act, will you act it out with your volleyball? No, stop. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. Right? No. Yeah. No. You got to do what you got to do when you're stuck on that desert island. Yeah. Watch. Anyway, so, um, so Ian, thanks for the question. Um, our next question comes from um, my pal Logan in Arizona. Um, well, he's my pal just because he thinks Moon Knight is better than um, Batman. <laughs> anyway, um, he said he's he's recently got into comics and listening to our podcast. Currently, the comics he enjoys the most are American Virgin, American Way, and Truth, Justin, and the American Way. I'm sensing a theme. Um, do we have any recommendations for books that might be starting up soon? Also, are there any new series that are starting up soon that we're looking forward to? Do they have to be? Century, have Captain America. America. I feel as if Logan is very proud to be an American. <laughs> Logan, you might want to listen to Neil Diamond's Coming to America while you read your comics. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, you could, you could. Uh, there was the Jim Sheridan movie. Something in America. America. In America. Yeah, in America. Yeah, really good movie. You should rent that. Yeah, no, but anyway. Um, as far as new comics coming out, um, I'm not aware of any that have American in the title. I don't know um, if that's a priority. Does Captain yeah, America uh, count? If you're not reading Captain America, then you really should pick that up. But, uh, as far as far as new books that are coming out, I don't. I can't. I'm trying to think of a new book that I've been looking forward to. I mean, I've been looking forward to, you know, the Annihilation and Nova and, and Civil War and stuff like that. I guess that, Civil but, War would count as a new. As a new yeah, as a but book. not a new series. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't, are you going to buy I've, the Spectre series, Josh? Uh, I doubt it. I don't think so. Because it's what's his name's Christmas. Yeah, from I don't know. Central. I'm not really interested in it when it comes out of that context yeah. of being a gritty, sort of realistic book. Have either of you guys read uh, American Way? I've heard good things about it. I've read American Virgin. I, I like that. Yeah, I've heard good. So I've heard good things about all three of the books he mentioned: American Virgin, American Way, and Truth, Justin, and the American. Which one is American Truth Way? Just- it's a different one. I'm not actually sure. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> a, I'm scanning it's my. It's a comic book. It's a comic <laughs> book. I, it's. It's. I think it takes place in the '60s. And it's about uh, how... Is it Howard Chaykin? It sounds like it, but it's not. It, 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 I think this is like... Oh, American Flag. American it's Flag. an old book, but you should go find American Flag yeah. by Howard Chaykin. Yeah. Who also so. did the... Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's something about... There's like a worldwide conspiracy, and the superheroes are part of it. And it takes place in the 60s. And Interesting. I think it's, it's, I think it's Wildstorm or something like that. Uh, but I've heard good things. Look it up. Go to the... Just Google... American way, yeah. and I think it can be recommended. I haven't read it yet, but I'd like to get my hands on it. I'm there, there, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, as I said, of new series, I mean, Moon Knight was probably the one new series that I knew that was starting that I was keeping my eye out for, but that's, you know, I've, that's probably it for right now. I find, well, that just came out, so you could go pick that yeah. up. A lot of people like Next Wave. I'm not so into it, but you, know, you might like that. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where people ask for a new series that are coming out, and that's always hard because the timing is different. So, like, if you wanted to get, you know, like something new to read, it's really always easy to to recommend trades because there's an endless wealth of them. But new series are a little more. Yeah, I'm gonna probably pick up some of the new one year later books, which I guess yeah. counts as like I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna give 
Batwoman probably a try. Batwoman? Um, Different yeah. than Batgirl? Batwoman. Hmm. And, I will, I gotta uh, say that that having you to talk to and listen listen to your analysis on on the one year later books has helped me enjoy them more. Well, you pick well, up even even you're benefiting from the podcast. I am. Well. It's like he picks up things in the Batman books that I don't remember or didn't sort of pick up on, and they go, "Hey, that's right. That does make it good." And so, from the point of view of coming into it as a new reader, there's probably less there than a seasoned reader. But if you listen to Connor, uh, you'll like it more. And any new book is a is a new book for you if you don't yeah. read it. <laughs> yeah, true, exactly. So go pick up X-Men. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Right, we so haven't done it yet. We're through this podcast. Have you tried Invincible? Yeah, exactly. Invincible, right? <laughs> there you go. Kirkman, cha-ching. Anyway. Um, well, my money. And Logan had, Logan had a PS question, which we're going to answer later um, on in the podcast. So, Logan, stay tuned. All right. Um, all right. So our next question – thank you, Logan, for the question. Our next question comes from Dominic, a.k.a. Cletus Van Damme. Interesting. Um, hey, and I'm gonna he, go ahead and say it. <laughs> he he was um, he was referencing one of our previous podcasts where we were talking about comic book movie DVD extras and the good ones, the not so good ones. Um, and he was bringing up the Daredevil um, DVD e- extra, um, the 60 minute documentary called "The Men Without Fear Creating Daredevil," um, and saying it almost makes up for how bad the movie was. And it's a bunch of interviews with the biggest names that worked on Daredevil, like Miller, Frank Miller, Stan Lee, John Romita Sr., Gene Colan, John Romita Jr., Casada, Kevin Smith, David Mack, and Bendis. Um, he said he enjoyed it so much that he was thinking of giving the DVD away. He decided, he decided to keep it just for the documentary. And you know he'll probably watch the movie again and have that same reaction you get when you keep drinking the day-old warm soda over and over because you keep forgetting that it's bad and it's just in your arm's reach so it's so much easier than getting up to get a fresh one for the fridge, <laughs> which I think we all can relate to. I think my, my analogy to that, and I was telling Josh this last weekend when I was sitting on the couch and X-Men 2 was on FX, and as opposed to getting up and getting the DVD and putting it in and watching it without commercials or editing, I just watched it on FX with the commercials. Like that, I think the lazy all factor. I definitely yeah, did that. Exactly. Um, I don't do that. But anyway, so so he just he was asking if we ha- were aware of that documentary, and actually, this has come up in conversation a couple of times since that podcast. And um, I, I remember that documentary; it's a great one, and he's right. I mean, that 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 kind of made that DVD worth buying. I think I'm gonna I have should... to go in there and watch it again. Yeah, it was good. I remember I think that. I've seen it. I think it. I think that's right. It's so I think hit it was, or miss I, with those. It's... Yeah, but I think it was honest to the book. Like unlike the Batman Begins one, mm-hmm. that was all you know, like about the you know about whatever All Star Batman or whatever. You know, right. like it, it was it was honest to the series run and how the character. Became well, that was the, the thing about that I, movie is that that the thing that when I went to see that movie, the thing that surprised me, I was like, this is pretty true to the comics. Yeah, and it, it was, and, I mean, and then it, it, people thought it sucked. So who are we to say? <laughs> I mean that that the thing is like when we saw it in the theater like I thought it was good in the theater like I enjoyed it in the yeah. theater and then well, I remember when I got on DVD and just watching it and like halfway through just going oh I think <laughs> I went to the theater like on a like it had been out for a while and I went on a Saturday afternoon like for a laugh because I just expected it to blow so much that when it didn't and there were little touches of things that I liked I was surprised I was like wow I think that's a good description of the movie there are little touches in it that are really good but overall the feeling is not good yeah, I don't it know why. It doesn't lend itself yeah, to... It's weird, yeah. It doesn't get better the more you watch it, it's, though. Yeah, it's not one of those ones where it's a gem, and the 15th time you watch it is even better than the first, you know, like, but but the documentary, there you it go. It might have been so. Dick Bullseye. I think you can go out and get that DVD now for about nine cents, so... Probably. I would recommend so, um, the, the documentary on the Avengers and the Avengers cartoon that just came out. Oh, on Ultimate Avengers? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Good to know. So, thank you, Dominic, or a.k.a. Cletus Von Dom. Um... <laughs> All right, so our next question comes from Jamie, um, loyal uh, website user. Um, he um, he was mentioning that uh, 
comic Comics Buyer's Guide has been doing a monthly feature where comic creators pick their ten favorite covers ever, and it's interesting to see what they pick and why. Um, and I think Wizard has done that before and stuff like that. Um, he was wondering if we could pick our favorite covers ever and post them after the podcast. Um, and then he, I think he, he sarcastically votes for She-Hulk number six's cover. Um, <laughs> you hope and anyway. that was a good, that was a good cover. It caught my eye. Yeah. It did what it was supposed to. <laughs> and, um, Jamie, this is a really good question. And actually when we were going over the questions, Connor and I were talking, saying this would make a fantastic, um, article for the site. Right. Um, so I think we're actually going to do that. Um, eventually down the road sometime. We're going to you know, f- do a thing on our favorite covers and why and post them and stuff like that. But for now, um, if you guys, do you guys have any covers that really jump out at you that you remember or that you love? I think one of the classic ones is the uh, Speedy's Doing Junk cover. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the green, green, green Lantern, Green Arrow one. And just the look of shock and amazement yeah. on Ollie's Your face. Your is a junkie, yeah. And, and, and Hal just Adams, being, a, yeah. Hal just you know being a complete jerk. You know, it's really funny because I was going to say one of my all-time favorite covers has been a Neil Adams one as well, and it's one on, on X-Men back before, back in the late 60s when he was on X-Men when they sucked and they didn't matter before they went into reprints, mm-hmm. um, before the, the all-new, all-different one. And there was one cover, and I, I forget who it was. I want to say the living monolith, I'm not sure, but I could be wrong. But it was, he was, the villain was reaching up and crushing the X-Men logo. Oh, nice. And all the characters were kind of reacting, and it was just kind of breaking the fourth wall. Like, nobody ever, you know, like, they never, in the 60s, they never really, the logo was there, and the cover was there, and they just kind of, you know, and, like, you see that happen all the time, where they work the logo into the artwork for the cover or whatever, but I think it was, like, one of the first times that was done, and kind of like that, and the Green Arrow, Green Lantern one is kind of what makes Neil, in my eyes, what made Neil Adams as great of an artist as he was. Oh, he's an excellent artist. Yeah, bad he's a wacko now, but still. um, Why? You don't believe the Earth's expanding? So, um, so that would be one of my favorite. Quotes. I forget. Listen, I, I don't, I don't doubt for a second that there's a possibility that we could be walking by his booth in San Diego sometime. He'll go. I heard that podcast, and I'm coming yeah, exactly. after you. And then you'd hear us go eh! and scatter, <laughs> Run. scatter. So, Josh, covers what about are, you? Covers are hard because, like you know, they, there's there's so many of them. I would say that. <laughs> No, like literally, like like the, what do we see? We see ten or more covers a week and something like that. It's, it's like hard to get a recall. So the ones that sort of stand out at me, uh, for some reason, the first thing I thought of is the Watchmen uh, cover for the trade. Mm-hmm. For what, which I I don't know if it's exactly in it, but what it is, it's an extreme close up of like the first panel of the book, and it's this really neat sort of graphic thing that was done um, that you don't. Like you don't really notice until after you read the book, and you look at the front, and you go, "Oh, I see. It's the comedian's, you know, sort of chest and his little pin, and and there's a little blood on it." Um, I think the other things that strike me are, uh, I think of the Dark Knight Returns covers, all mm. of them, and just that style and that that way that they're really iconic. Um, and then uh, finally, the Batman Year One, number one. Uh, by Frank Miller and the, the art was by Dave Mazzucchelli and that image has popped up so many times since then of, of like young Bruce Wayne like huddled in a shadow under the lamppost with his two dead parents and everything yes, I mean, right. it's not like a but it's a beautiful image and like they've used it in the movies you know countless times and, and um, that's a great great image um, the, other than that I think uh, one of the things that why the last man just as a series has made incredible use of their covers, and every one of them has some hint of the shape of uh, of the letter Y 
in it and like it, it's really fun to like look at them and how they do it each time and I think they they I don't know if they skip around artists or not but uh, they're great great covers a lot of the vertical covers are are incredible over and over again because they really put a lot of thought into it but that's more of a general opinion so it's not really top 10 <laughs> all right well <laughs> well anyway so Jamie so thank you for the um, the idea and look we'll look for more cover discussion in the future so I'll have to do homework um, and really get into the stacks to sort of yeah. pull them out. I'll remember them when I see that. You know what I mean? This is tiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so I'm powering on. Our next question comes from VJ. Um, and he's saying, with rumors of a Watchmen movie, um, a Deathlock movie, and the upcoming 300 film, Powers, Torso, etc., what comics would we want to see adapted into films, and what comics do we want to see remain untouched? Watchmen Untou- remains untouched. Untouched. Watchmen, Watchmen remain untouched. Yeah, don't, don't even do Well, first off, Watchmen's never going to get made. Nope. It'll just, it's, it's never going to happen. Um... But if it did, I think that I, that would be bad. So. I mean, I'm just firmly in the camp. Just leave it alone. You got lucky yeah. with V for Vendetta that it didn't stink the house up. Uh, but yeah. it still pissed Alan Moore off. And I don't know. It's just like, that's the thing. I mean, it, Watchmen is to comics what what you know F. Scott Fitzgerald is to, is to novels. And you just <laughs> don't. Or James Joyce. Like, it's don't do it. There's no... Yeah. I also think that, and purely just, in, and I thought of just in him mentioning it, that a Deathlock movie just doesn't need to be made because oh. the world doesn't need a movie about Deathlock. Because <laughs> <laughs> we obviously don't need comics about Deathlock because there are none right now. So. There's no one asking for that. Yeah, I don't exactly. know, maybe there's a webpage out there somewhere, but... Avi Arad is asking Well, look, for there's it. some, you know there's a handful of dudes somewhere looking for it, but really, yeah. we don't need to listen to those dudes. If, th- right. if 300 is done well, it could be okay. Well, it's better than okay if it's done well. Yeah, I, it just it, that's one of those things. Like, I think sometimes a comic is best as a comic. Like, it was written as a. It's one of the most unique and interesting comics I've ever read. Right, but are they adapting the comic, or are they adapting the story the comic's based on? Well, if they do that, then it's not really an adaptation of the comic. Sort of like From Hell, I didn't think was really an adaptation from the comic. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it depends on how they do it. Whereas the opposite would be Sin City, which was literally putting the comic on screen. Which a lot of people loved. I felt it sort of unnecessary, but I thought it was nice as a cinematic exercise. I didn't really love it. I could have done without the just the book, but it was a really good, you know, way to do that. It was interesting. Ron, um, well, I you know I, I think you know in terms of uh, less about what movies shouldn't be made and what, what movies I would like to see. I as and I know it's almost heresy and and uh, coming very close to you know the idea like. Why not to make a Watchmen movie? But I, I still have hope and would love to see a well done and with you know Terry involved movie of the second trade of Strangers in Paradise. I think that would be a great movie. Really? Um, I think I think the relationship at angle and like the 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 whole kind of you know the um, getting out from under the, the 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 crime aspect of it. You know the whole the. Whole, High price call girls and all that kind of deal. I think it has the elements for what could have could have been a great movie. I doubt it'll ever get made, I, but I, I, really I, think I would like to see that. I don't. Know, I just think that that would work so well as a serial, even as an animation. Like if they did it as an animation on HBO or something, which is yeah, a pipe or like that an H- never happen. Well, that, well, that's the thing is that the, is that yeah, the the answer to doing Watchmen or Strangers in Paradise or anything like that is the hour long HBO drama. You know, where they would they don't have to worry about language or anything like that, and they could they could stretch it out over a long period of time. I think that's the only way Watchmen or Strange of Paradise or anything like that could ever be translated. I think but, I'd um, love to see. I talked about this when when I first started reading it was um, Why the Last Man as an ongoing series. Yeah, 
on a, yeah. on a channel in the U.S. that you could do that with. The uh, other yeah. countries aren't so restrictive, but an HBO series in the U.S. or a... Here, yeah, here's I think one, that works one... really well and would do really well, I think. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's an incredibly mainstream story that I think people would watch. Um, yeah, definitely. Here, here's one that, that you may... I, they were going to make a Preacher movie at one point, and for some reason I would be fascinated to see how they did that. If yeah, they could do it well, I think it could be really interesting. I, I mean, they couldn't fit the whole story into a two-hour movie or something. But like, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I think that 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 would translate. If I mean, you'd have to play with the story and compress things and stuff like that. But if it was done well, it could be very good. Yeah, the comics to movies thing is just tough because you got you got you've got such a free canvas with comics, and you've got a limited time period with movies mm-hmm. and interpretation and trying to make movies appeal to a mass audience. It just it, you know like very rarely do we get something as good as Sin City or Ghost World or something like that where it it feels true to the comic and and you know so it's, Spider Man Two. Spider-Man Two, yeah, but that, but there are successes, so you never know. I mean, like, I think we're we're we could be overly naysayers, and the Superman. Well, for movie every Superman, the movie yeah. there's Superman Four. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, know. exactly. The quest. For Actually, peace. for every Superman movie, there's four Superman Fours. I mean, like yeah. the, the good to bad ratio. Yeah, We've been lucky lately, but for decades before that, we were yeah. unlucky. Lest us not forget the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury made for TV movie, where the, the Dolph Captain Lundgren America. Captain America. Yeah, oh, the Dolph Lundgren. Um, I'm sure. Punisher. Duff Lundgren wasn't in Captain America. I'm no, sorry, you're right. What was the yeah, who was yeah, Captain the, America? JD yeah, Salinger's kid, Matt Salinger. Nice. Yeah. Look at you. Nice. Good wow, Connor. No. Dropping knowledge. So um, rubber ears. So Tony Red School. Oh God. Anyway, so um thanks for the question, VJ. <laughs> so, Alright, so our next question comes from um Jim Snow, another uh I fanboy user. I fanboy user, yep, thank you. Um, Jim's asking um, if we had read any of these books and what we think about them. Um, is, and he gave, gave a list of titles. Um, Let's go through them quick. And... Books of Doom. Nope. No. <laughs> Walking Dead. Yes. Love trade. it. No. In trade. In which trade. is why it doesn't come up in the pick of the week very often. I've never even looked at it, so it's oh, good. It's dude. Kirkman, though, right? Yeah, it's Kirkman. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll check it out. Thank you, um, X-Men Deadly Genesis. Ron. Yes, I have, and and I've been enjoying it despite the whole third summer's brother debacle Wait, that we talked about. Wait, is that the earlier. whole title? N- yeah, th- that, yeah, that that is the whole title. Of that what's one. the one thinking, I'm thinking of? You're thinking of X uh, <laughs> X Men: The End, Book Three, Men and X Men. Yeah, yeah <laughs> number yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, no, issue number four just came out. Yeah, so anyway, um, that's the funniest thing. Ever. Aries. And no, no, God of don't War? know what that is. Nope. Yeah, no, not reading that. Um, Ultimate Extinction. Um, I've been reading it. Have either of you guys been reading it? Or? I was going to buy it, but then in the store I didn't have it, and I just never. Yeah, I've been reading it, and it's. I mean, uh, and I mean, it's interesting to see. It's Warren Ellis, and it's interesting to see him retell the whole Galacticus. You well, know, he, he his Fantastic Four was good. His Ultimate yeah, Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the thing is, is that the art in Ulti- Ultimate Extinction has really kind of bugged me for some reason, and it just seems like it's not coming out that frequently. So I'm not really that that, that rabid about it. So, um, and the last title he asked about is Fell. And he also, said, he also says that he knows the last two are Ellis books, and we've expressed our distra- distaste for his writing style, but he thinks they're not, they're not as focused around kicking ass or just talking about it. Um, I've heard good things about Fell, but I've never touched it. Um, Im- Image is putting it out, right? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. We're, really, we're really showing our ignorance here. Yeah, no. Well, did you, you read know, these the, books? No, no. The thing is, is that the thing is that the key thing for people to understand is that we don't get these comics for free. Like we're not like other comic book websites or anything like that. Like we don't have the industry connections. <laughs> so like it's literally what we can afford to get every week. And... Yet I still get three to four or five meg Archie comics emails in my inbox every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's been a, a Stop sending those. The other one had a red receipt on it. 
<laughs> they all do. Everyone does. It's kind of funny. But um, anyway, it's so true. Yes. We have to be discerning in our own. Yeah, exactly. And and unfortunately, unless something catches, you know, it's the kind of thing where I heard about fell, you know, several issues into it. So I wasn't gonna, you know, like until unless, I might check it out in trade. Until the day okay. comes, we get boxes from the comic companies, and then yeah, we'll read to, more. To then we won't have time to read them anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think I picked up fell. I think I picked it up like when I got in the store and I looked at it and I saw that. He's got the thing where he'll do a book, like he did one called Red, one called Black, and one called Down, and one called... It was like these one-word, one-syllable titles, um, and I just kind of looked at it, and it looked familiar, and like each page was like two to three panels, and I was just like, I'm going to be done with this in five seconds, and I didn't feel like paying three bucks for it. Now, it might be very good, and it's one of those things that's probably better in a trade, but, but that's actually literally why I didn't pick it up. Every Fair once enough. in a while, I give Warren Ellis a shot. Yeah. Well, that, that's usually the case, is, is his stuff usually reads better that way, trade for him. Mm-hmm. It's widescreen. <laughs> God. All right. So thanks, Jim, for the question. Uh, All right. So Walking Dead is very good, though, and Ron, you should read it. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay. There you go. So, so on to our next question, um, and this one, this one's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> this is from Miguel, who really got the essence of the request that we yes. put out to our listeners. To send, and he sent us a list of. I don't even know how many questions, so we're going to power through them. So, um, by his own admission, he says a few fanboy-ish questions for you. So we're going to start. Um, since Bullseye never misses, and Longshot is really lucky, could Bullseye hit Longshot? Yes. Eventually, your luck runs out. I say no. I say I, I say it's, I say it's a draw. I say that he'd some... he'd he'd hit him, but it wouldn't. Right. Wouldn't... It wouldn't. It would. It would. Ca- it would catch the part of his jacket and not hurt him or something. Right. You know? Or yeah, he would. So. He would. It would like hit like a, a like a coin that was inside his pocket at the last yeah. second. Exactly. It would be a draw. It would, it's a, it's a checkmate. Yeah, exactly. or not checkmate, stalemate, Mexican standoff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So next question: If the blob is unmovable and the juggernaut is unstoppable, what would happen if they collided? I would say there'd be a lot of little juggernaut blob bits flying all over the place. <laughs> you think they'd both explode? Yeah, I think. That, uh, I think that they would. They yeah, they would. I, I think they they neither would be hurt, but I think the I. I yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Perhaps I the, the bo- kinetic energy from both of them. Yeah, would, would destroy would both of them. Yeah, something like that, or a stalemate type thing again. So They would um, surrender. Since magnetism causes electricity and vice versa, which I'm not too sure if that's right, but I'm not a, no science major, um, shouldn't Magneto and Electro have the same powers? No. And based off my gut about science and magnetism not actually <laughs> causing electricity... We're going to get emails about this one. Yeah, if you're a science <laughs> it's, teacher... Well, it's important or, to know we were all communications majors, so we yeah, don't exactly. claim to be experts in the scientific field. Yeah. If you're in a science teacher or currently in high school science, um, let us... I, I know magnetism has some... They're is involved in electricity. If, if nothing else, there are different states of energy. Right, right. So magnetism exists. You can use magnetism to produce electricity, and okay. I think... Um, but you like can't it, use electricity to create magnetism. If you were to take a wire and wrap it around a magnet, either right. and then attach a lead to either side of that pole, uh, then you could create electricity from that, which is, I think, oh, very basically Mr. what a battery is. Look at Mr. Wizard. I know. Um, and the, the magnetic field is 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 a naturally occurring thing. It has to do with <laughs> <laughs> a magnetic field is a naturally occurring phenomenon that has to do with, I think, like the the polarity of electrons and things like that. It, it exists before electricity. So, so basically, yeah. Magneto should have the ability to do the things that Electro does, but Electro, but Electro doesn't necessarily doesn't. have the ability to do the things Magneto does. And let's not forget that Magneto has a way cooler costume than Electro. So. Yes. I blacked out. Did I say something? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's like Will Ferrell in old school. <laughs> the debate club. <laughs> anyway, um, his next question is, what is the power cosmic? 
Um, you guys want to give, give a stab? Or? <laughs> I'm going to let that one go to you two. I don't, you can have <laughs> the pa- it. The power cosmic is the power that Galactus's heralds, that is bestowed on Galactus's heralds and oh. is like the ultimate power in the universe. Um, okay, it's coming back. It's what the it's what um it's what the Silver Surfer has, and that's why whenever he fights somebody, he says, "Don't fight me! I have the power cosmic, and you can't beat me." You know, and actually that that actually, and I was laughing um, when I read the Sil- Silver Surfer number one this week because that actually came up when he was fighting somebody from the negative zone, and he's like, "You can't defeat the power cosmic," and and it was just funny because it was this, exactly this topic. So um, the ultimate power of the universe was the Death Star. No, <laughs> oh, um, he has a so, hard time keeping these worlds separate sometimes. <laughs> so, so, so basically, and, and if we refer to our favorite resource, Wikipedia dot org, um, Galacticus welds the immeasurable power cosmic, or wields it, it, or wields it. Um, Unless he does indeed, iron work on the weekends. Indeed, he is so powerful <laughs> that he must always wear his alien armor in order to contain his vast energies. Were he ever to remove it, the energy thus released would destroy him and turn him into a star. Sounds so, like sounds like a, a bad analogy for like male lust. <laughs> Or okay. just power cosmic being this 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 thing of of cosmic power that is basically enough to make a star. So the power cosmic is a thing of power of cosmic power is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. So. Let's clear cool. it up. Yeah. Um, Ron, that's those, that's those weird '70s LSD and pot uh, influence sort of ideas. That's what, the, that's, what good. It, that's what it really is. Yeah. Exactly. Ron, this next one's in your wheelhouse. Yes, it is. Um, he was uh, Miguel was looking through some old Marvel trading cards, which is just so weird that he mentioned that. Because Ross, we were talking about that at work this week. Yeah, this week we were talking about the Marvel trading cards. Anyway, um, he noticed that Dark Hawk's arch enemy is Evil Hawk. What's the story with Evil Hawk? Um, Wait, do you have to look this up, or can you just wing this off the top of your head? Oh no, I could I could wing it off the top of my head. Is that nice. is that um, Evil Hawk? Well, ba- well, the thing is, is that and this this kind of ties back to the whole Moon Knight Batman discussion. Mm-hmm. Is that in any arts or in anything, especially comics, there are no original ideas. So right around the 24th issue of Darkhawk, um, he was faced between he was faced with Evil Hawk, which is basically an evil version of Darkhawk. Similar they have to, a goatee? Similar to, no, similar to Professor Zoom, uh, you know, of, of uh, what do we call it? Of, you know. Flash. Who has the goatee? Is that... Evil Kirk. Evil Spock, dude. Oh, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking of uh, Chad. Tad. I forget which one's. A which. tad ghost in space, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, so basically, Evil Hawk is the Evil Hawk was the space, I guess you know, like space guy who. Because the whole thing, if you look at Dar- what Dark Hawk is, is that it, it, Dark Hawk's origin is that you know he finds this amulet that lets him turn into Dark Hawk, which is basically an android, and it does like a kind of. Um, um, the whole Captain Marvel, Rick Jones, you know, swap, body swap. Uh-huh. So when, so when Chris, you know, used the amulet, his body went up into a spaceship in space, and he, then he he controlled this android. And then when he'd turn off the amulet, the 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 android body and his body would flip. Oh, that's it. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's basically what Darkhawk is. I thought he just put a suit on. No, 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 no. It's actually, I mean, like his 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 brain was in the armor of the android. It's like Quantum Leap. Kind of, yeah, no, kind of. Um, so. So anyway, so Evil Hawk was the guy who um, who who started the whole Dark Hawk ar- armors type thing, and that's who he is. So he, he could have come up with a better name. Yeah, I know. But there, there was a whole bunch of other ones, and now, I, and now, admittedly, I've looked these up. But there was like an Overhawk, which was like a rebuilt Dark Hawk, you know, another version of it, and so you know, so I don't know. But um, Dark Hawk wasn't a terribly original original series. <laughs> so anyway, so that's who Evil Hawk is. All right. Um, did we ever have any of us? His next question is: Have any of us ever played the Capcom Marvel arcade fighting games? Those rocked. But why the hell did they make Shuma Gorath a character? 
and and he self admits in parentheses no real answer I guess <laughs> <laughs> kind of a rhetorical question I think I played Marvel Capcom on the PlayStation One in high school I I think I have one of one of them on on um, Xbox and I played it for like. A, a night and that was it. Um, really, I, I enjoyed yeah. them. They're fun. They're a lot they of fun. I think they're fun I, I, with other people. They're not fun to sit around by yourself. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all those Capcom fighting games are fun with other people. But mm-hmm. so, all right. So this next one is for Josh. Um, is Eternity the entire embodiment of the Marvel <laughs> universe? Who now? What? <laughs> which the witch now? I vaguely remember Eternity for some reason. I'm seeing. I'm getting it mixed up with the Beyonder giant head Who's, guy. The that, no, the eternity. He's got like a big star sort of no, the, field the etern- for his the face. Eter- eternity is the is the is, is one of the one of the Marvel universe cosmic characters, and his whole body is like stars. Oh right? yeah, yes, and he's yes. got like half a face, like ha- like a fan. Okay, of the, yeah, it looks like a shadow, yeah. like a silhouette yeah, yeah, on yeah. the side of his face. And according to the Marvel Database dot um, com site, Marvel Database Project, which looks like uh, Wikipedia for Marvel, which is really cool, um, Eternity is the personification of the universe, space, life, and time. One of the four that make up the cosmological compass points, the flip side to infinity and the opposite of death. He's also the father to the six members of the seven friendless, with, with himself as the seventh member. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so his I- his his offspring include the cosmic entities like Eon, the Living Planet, the Celestials. People like that. Empathy. I really like that stuff in, Mar- in the Marvel yeah. universe. They don't use it a lot, which is probably good because then I wouldn't like it. But right. every once in a while, like if you were to pick up like an old Fantastic Four and flip through yeah. those and that stuff, and those are great stories. Yeah, they're really they're, the cosmic stuff has always been really really cool. I mean, admittedly, very seventies and very. He you know, too like, was created during the LSD pot times. Yep. Yes, exactly. So, but anyway, to answer his question, Eternity is the entire embodiment of the universe, and in this case, the Marvel universe. So. The, the 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 DC version of that is like the f- how many old men is it? There's like Shazam or. or what is Oh yeah, those people, the, the, the kingdom, the, Kong, the council, like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the weird, and there's like a, um, there's a guardian on it, and the whole, yeah, and the, yeah, whatever. The Vertigo version is the endless from Sandman, which neither you know. So we move on. Anyway, all right. So Connor, this one's for you. Uh, oh, okay. What's Captain America's shield made out of? He thinks it's vibranium. And what's the deal with vibranium again? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a vibranium comes from Wakanda, right. the African nation that Black, Black Panther whose chief king economy of, is is a uh, is mining vibranium. Yeah. <laughs> and not diamonds, but um, isn't the shield an alloy of vibranium and adamantium? Well, um, yeah, you're right. It is. It's a combination of the both of the two, from what I remember. It's an un, uh, unknown combination. That's what I can't. I think and I could be completely off base, but vibranium's big thing is that it has uh, it absorbs and energy. Reflect, it absorbs energy, whereas adamantium is the hardest, strongest, lightest thing. It doesn't have that power, so that's why Captain America can take like a tank bullet in the shield because it absorbs that energy. Right, yeah, exactly. But if it was just vibranium, it wouldn't be strong enough. So it, it's the alloy. Right. Wow. Again, nice, good work. That good, wow, I'm so I'm surprised to. He's not completely that. useless. <laughs> um, and according to. <laughs> And according to the Marvel Database Project, the shield is composed of a unique alloy of vibranium and proto-admantium. There you go. And therefore practically, therefore practically indestructible. So, anyway, um, <laughs> this is great writing. He uses it against his enemies, mainly by throwing it at them, and can pr- perform mind-bogglingly impossible tricks with it. <laughs> he can pull it from your ear. He can, you know, <laughs> he can, he can spin it on a big stick yeah, exactly, on his on nose. Yeah, anyway. Um, what are the straps on the shield made out of? It doesn't say. That's interesting. They're probably a cotton le- leather alloy. Leather, yeah. Le- oh, that's not really. No, they're unstable molecules. Oh, are they? Ooh, yeah. Anyway, um, does it say that, or did you just pull that? No, out of your but ass? that's any 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 costumes in Marvel are made out of unstable molecules. So doesn't Duh. seem like the most stable thing. 
Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he says, um, Miguel, that was the last of his questions, and he admits that most of them were Marvel, but he just finds Marvel trivia more interesting, he, guess, he guesses. And I have to agree with him. I mean, I've been in love with Marvel history and, like, the you know minutiae of Marvel for some reason for my whole life. And it is fascinating. I don't know if DC has that. I feel as if DC doesn't pay as much attention to that kind of stuff. They do. But I, I think wrong. that they dealt with it, a, like, longer ago, and it's, it's a little more convoluted. If, if that's possible. Well, you you don't have you've got the unified Marvel universe as opposed to the uh, yeah, multiple fragmented. multiple Earths of DC. Yeah. So. But yeah. Miguel is not done. Miguel is not done. P.S. Oh, he's not. He did have a P.S. You're right. Postscript. What did we think of the Earth X Universe X Paradise X trilogy? And do any of us read Exiles? Earth Earth X was really good. I I didn't like it. I liked it some. Yeah, but not just, enough for me to go on after that. No, no. Yeah, I I went on after it, and I read Universe X and Paradise X. And, and if you just, didn't like Earth X at all, yeah. why did you go on? Well, because I, I, I had hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I didn't like... Just I mean, their I, favorite I, kind of customer. No, no, I enjoyed Earth X, but the thing is, the problem was I went into Earth X all wrong, and that I was hoping for Kingdom Come, basically. And it it, it just got weird, and it, it was more... I feel like it was more, more Jim Kruger than it was um, Alex Ross. You know, Who didn't like Fat Peter Parker? That was no, the Fat best Peter scene Parker ever. That and 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 uh, housewife Jean Grey and Surly Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wife Peter Logan. Yeah, that was um, great. And his last question: Do any of us read Exiles? Um, I do, but I think I dropped it recently. Oh wow! Um, only because it just got it got really. I I love the. Con- I mean, I don't think either of you ever read it. Did That's you? a rare rarity yeah. for you. Well, it was just it got to the point where I mean they were like in the new universe. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I was like I don't care about the it's new It's basically you know. if the X in Exiles had been spelled X I L E S, he wouldn't have dropped it, but since it had no. the E in front of it, he could Stop. he felt okay with it. Um no, but I mean for for a good while, for a good while like the first 40 or so issues were really really good and uh, <laughs> it was all, it was all ultimate Wasn't it Judd Winnick? Yeah, it was Judd Winnick and it was all, you know, jumping in alternate universes and all that kind of stuff and once once they got to the bottom and 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 the whole Hyperion storyline and they kind of broke they they broke through the concept mm-hmm. um and we found out who was who was teleporting them and why and all this kind of stuff it just I kind of lost some of the magic. Did they ever so. jump to the DC universe? No. Okay. So that was access. Anyway, well, but it, takes lawyers. if they've they've established that they're there's yeah. parallel dimensions or whatever they are. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think so I read the, the first issue, but that was like four years ago. So, so that was all of Miguel's um, questions. Um, all right, we're almost we're on the in the home stretch here. All right, we got to be careful with this one. Yeah. So this question comes from Cameron, and it's a long question, so I'll bear well, with it. We, we have to be careful with it. Yeah, he because. likes the site. Yeah, we well, hang. On, we'll get to it. Cameron. All right, all right, sorry. He, he be careful. The, he loves the site and the podcast, as everybody does, and he tries to comment it as often as he can. But he gets his other friends into the site, and so which far, we which two, we appreciate and love. Yeah, so far he's got two successes. So thank you, Cameron. Um, he has a question, and it's really an opinion question. It's a bit long, but what the hell? With the Civil War coming up in Marvel, he read about the New Avengers disassembled storyline, which is supposed to take place in New Avengers twenty-one through twenty-four. He believes, and admittedly, these are issues coming. At, this is, you know, possibly spoilers. There's, there, there, there's yeah. spoilers in this question. Yeah. So well, well, hang on, hang on. The rumors, Connor. Right. He says from the. F- and from the rumors and jokes on Marvel, it's said that the team will split into two and will have two Avengers books. Granted, it's a rumor, but if you look in interviews and whatnot, the editor-in-chief and Bendis have mentioned small blurbs about two Avengers books, one led by Captain America and the other by Iron Man, like feuding teams. A bit long-winded, but not the question. His question is, does it seem too soon to split the new Avengers book and mess with it? I know it's supposed to happen and follow the Marvel timeline of post-Civil War, but it feels this book is now getting started. They've only, they've only had their first mission as a team, and the post-House of M fire, fireman thing 
you know, they only introduced themselves to New York in the book two issues ago and assembled the whole team only five. We still haven't seen um, he said Serenity, but I think his I think he meant Century. Century, Century in action with the team. And Ronan has only been one small story with her intro. It feels like the book has a lot more to tell, but Civil War is going to change the team forever, quote unquote. I realize this is Marvel, not Bendis, but I'm just wondering if I'm the only one who's a bit disappointed. I know it's all rumor, but if it's not, but but and what not, but if it's true, how do we feel about it? So, and he says, sorry it's so long, it's just one of his favorite books, and he just feels there's so much more that can be done before it quote-unquote disassembles. It's, uh, vic- I think it's a victim of, you know, the company. Yeah. Not much yeah, to but do about it. you think Bendis must be in on a lot of things. Like, he's got to be the main consultant when it comes to sure. this stuff. So at the same time, like, if he really thought that it was ruining his book that he was doing a good job with, he wouldn't be for it. Bendis is I very guess. much into telling good stories, and you can, I mean, when I saw him speak at the New York Con about Civil War... He's very excited about it, so I think he um, well, he feels he can tell good stories in his in this book through the storyline that they're running through Marvel. If that does happen, I mean, it, it could be a good story. And the end of that story, of course, is that they would have to reassemble. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he is he is correct in that it's happening soon after they just created this this well, book, which at first everybody well not everybody but all the hardcore people hated, and now everybody loves. Yeah. Which is when I bought when I bought my books this week, um, an insert in my bag was this. Um, opening shot sketchbook on Civil War of like you know kind of a promo thing of all sketches from the books and stuff like that and on the back there's a whole like the road to Civil War and it says all the books that should be read to lead up to it mm-hmm. which is actually kind of interesting and kind of useful um, but it, there's the double page um, cover spread from Civil War Frontline number one and it shows like Captain America Wolverine um, I think the Human Torch and Ben Urich and Jessica Jones squaring off against ben Urich. yeah um, well, he's, he's writing got a mean. He's, he's got a mean. He's, right he's writing it down, squaring off against Iron Man, Spider Man, Sentry, and oddly enough, Colossus. <laughs> like you know, so like I'm really my, like my curiosity is really really. I, I think the side with the Sentry, Spider Man, Colossus may have the edge. Yeah, I think so. Too. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm really. I want this to come out now. I'm really excited. Yeah, for yeah. It. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's all thing is that is that, and it's funny because Cam- my reaction to Cameron's like the, the latter end of his question was like. He he's talking with passion about the Avengers the same way I talk about passion about the X Men and I just thought it was kind of funny that I never really I never really heard anybody speak passionately about the Avengers but I guess oh everybody God, are. yeah I mean I guess everybody's got their you know their their interests and their niche books and stuff like that so that's that's cool it's good to have it but you gotta at some point you gotta trust them you know like admittedly all all the fans of Ralph Dibney probably are still pissed at DC right right I mean, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but at some point you got to trust Bendis and trust the trust Casada and trust Marvel to do, to give you a good story. So, and and, and, you know, and, if, the, and if, the great thing is that if you don't like it, then don't buy it. So, uh, well, we understand I mean, this, this frustration if it does turn out yeah. that way and ruin yeah. not ruins, but uh, it it's it's, the it's, book. it's it's best probably not to go into it thinking that it will suck. But I can understand what you're saying in that in that. That you know, like you want the story. Hey, it's good. It's just getting started. There's there's room to go here. But chances are, this is what he's been setting it up for anyway. Probably. I mean, he does he does that. He thinks long, thinks ahead. And 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 you know, while it would be nice to then say, hey, let's send this team that's a new team on a series of adventures and do stuff like that. You know, that's that's that would be giving everybody exactly what they want, which is not always the best story. And I think that he's got he's got bits of this team put together where like this team doesn't really make exact sense. Like it doesn't. There goes my phone. <laughs> um, like it doesn't. The the team 
it has little schisms in it already where like, hey, what's Luke Cage doing with, with Spider-Man and these people aren't going to get along and everything. And those are all things that can be exploited later. Right. Yeah. So I think I mean I think it's going to end up being for the better and um, that's, and I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, in a year from now we've got one Avengers book and, you know, and kind of status quo in, and Spider-Man is back in his classic costume. I mean, they shake things up only to put them back, you know. So yeah, I mean the 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 golden rule of comics is if you don't like what happens, stick around. It'll go back. Yeah. Eventually, Wait that person months. will come back to life. Yep. So anyway, thanks, Cameron. That was a great question. So, and we are finally almost done. We're on our second to last question. Um, so uh, this question comes from Troy, <laughs> and it's actually a little more current current events with stuff that's been going on. Um, first off, he really likes the podcast, and he he quietly enjoys it every week. <laughs> He starts to laugh and then he muffles himself. Feel free yeah, feel free to break out of your shell, you know, let people know that you enjoy it. So, Turn anyway. it up. Um this week he felt compelled to write us though in defense of All Star Superman number three, which last week we um all pretty much had the consensus that it was bad. Um to him he to him it was like throwing the entire Superman Silver Age archives into a juice man juicer and extracting the nectar, all the joy with none of the idiocy. Throughout the history of Superman, he's often been called on to defend his position as the man in Lois's life, and this issue was a great homage to these stories. Rather than being lost by the inclusion of Samson and Atlas, out of, quote unquote, out of nowhere, I got the great sense of past continuity in their interactions with Superman and Lois. Is the series fast-paced? Yeah, I've got to admit it is. To me, that's a great part of it. It's a breakneck world through the mad pop world of Superman at his best. Give it a try again and see if it doesn't grab you this time. I think after there was a couple of people wrote wrote defenses of that comic on the website, and after reading those, um, I don't dislike it as much. I can see I can see their points and can look at it differently. Yeah. I still think that, you know, like, I got the feeling like there was history between them, mm-hmm. but I like to know what that history is, and so it, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't get me in that regard, so. But that's me, and I'm, I'm not really a DC guy, and I don't really, you know, like, I'm not looking to live it's, the it's, pop world. Of it's kind of not your thing. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. not even just Superman, but that style of comic book. Yep. It's not well, my thing either. I don't like I, I don't like it. it so. It's, a, it's a, the Silver Age style. I don't, I don't, you know, like, except as a nostalgia thing, which, if I'm only actually reading actual Silver Age, Silver Age comic books, not, not current ones done in that style, I don't like. Like, I can go back and read my really, really old ones that I've bought and enjoy them, but if, they, if that style was written now, I wouldn't like it. Well, it's like you know that I mean? retro kitschy thing, like like in the Goon, like I was talking about. If if right. you're into that kind of thing, then it's probably for you. I've never been into that. I, I like to read like modern storytelling that is that is intricate and is more about the characters and the stuff than the overall feel. And so, like this kind of Grant Morrison story, you know, when it's about the you know the essence of everything and it moves fast, it's just it's not my thing. And, and, <laughs> I mean, not I'm not even saying I. Okay, I didn't even read it. I read Super. I read number one. No, I read number one, and I just, I just got the feeling from number one that I was like, this isn't going to be something that I'm going to really enjoy. And so, I'm not saying it's bad, but I just think it's it's for each to each his own. If, if you yeah. like it, it's probably very good. Yeah. So. So Troy, we're glad you like it and keep buying it. And and honestly, I'll keep buying it. I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping that was just a one issue. Yeah, like, the, th- the, the thing is, is that like I've got enough faith in Morrison, and and, and aside from the story, the, I mean, we're all in agreement that the art has been fantastic and the yeah. art has been great. I mean, like I poured over every panel, and it was you know it's really good. It's and I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that yeah, it's quietly, and I'm hoping that Morrison is building up to something that's going to be you know like and he's, he keeps like he teased it at the end of the issue and like right. the, the, what the whole gist of the story will be. Um, 
you know, I just like to savor stuff. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, you know, his whole Silver Age thrown in a juicer with all the good stuff and none of the, the schlock. I mean, I just, I like the long drawn out aspect, I guess. So, I don't know. Just me. So, um, anyway, so we're on to our, our final question, um, which was actually a question from a couple of weeks ago that we chose not to answer, um, which really has nothing to do about comics and what we think of comics, but more about us and who are we and where do we come from and why are we doing this. Um, I believe, was it Michael who asked the question or Steve? I forget. I don't have it up in front of me, so I apologize, guys, if it's you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so so you know, the, in you know, typically, I don't really think we we really want to make ourselves the the topic of the podcast, so that's why we kind of shied away from it. But, but since um, it's just our voices, it really is all about us, anyway. Yeah, exactly. But if you know, if if one person is curious, we thought maybe there are more people curious. So um, so that said, we thought we'd give you a little um, little mini bios on each of us. So um, so Connor, why don't you kick us off? I'm a Pisces, and no, uh, I'm actually. You're not, not a Pisces. What are you? Scorpio. I'm a Pisces. You're a Scorpio, right? Yeah. Too much information. Um. Well, we're we. I don't even know where to begin. We're three guys we'll tell, who met we'll in college. Start, well, don't worry about us. Start. Let's start with you. Where do you come from? What's your what? You know. Why do you read what, comics? Why are you doing this? When did you get into comics? Where you know where where are you from? That kind of deal. Um. I, I've always been reading comics. That's just, I can't remember not ever having read, read comics. Um. I always, you know, earliest memories. I had a big gray box full of comics in them, and um. I don't know. I've always liked them. I was connected with the stories, and for some reason, since the beginning, I was connected with Batman. Where did you get your comics when you were a kid? Um, lots of places. Back then, you could. There were lots of places to get them. Uh, right. The newsstand near my house. The well, yeah, because that's, that's the thing. Because I mean, you're from New York City, so right. like I, 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 like I just have pictures of young Connor running down the street and putting a quarter on the newsstand <laughs> and then walking away with the latest copy of Batman. Yeah, know? there was a, there was a newsstand on 79th Street that I used to get comics at, and then there was the yeah. flea market. And every Sunday that you go, you just buy stacks of old comics because there was tons of people selling them, and. Um, the comic books. There was a bunch of comic book stores around that I'd go to, and it was just you could go multiple places, and I'd I'd buy them all. And um, at the time, I would go with my dad, and he would tell me, well, I would want to buy old ones because they were they're old, and he'd say, why don't you get new ones? You can get like five new ones for the price of one old one. And I'd say, no, 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 that's stupid. <laughs> and now I could have yeah. had five instead of one. That's stupid. But that's I mean that's my my comic bio. I've always had them. I've always been reading them. They've never not been there. Cool. As far as I can remember. All right, Josh. I think I, I always had a thing for uh, for superheroes when I was a little little kid. Like I was one of those kids who spent a lot of time with a towel around my neck. You know, like I always <laughs> no, like literally, like oh, I yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. I loved the Superman movies, and I you know I like I loved Star Wars and that kind of stuff when I was a kid. Like so many people our age. But, like, I've always loved superhero stuff. When I was a kid, like, you had the choice between action figures. My favorites were always the superhero ones. And I think that from that, I started reading comics when I was maybe 11 or so. Um, And I remember, like, there was – it was, like, Halloween, and I was – like, we were downtown. I'm from Maine, by the way, like a small town there. Uh, not, not, Not a town without electricity or cable. Still <laughs> very close. <laughs> more rural than perhaps New York City where Connor grew up. Um, and uh, I remember going into the comic shop downtown and uh, picking up, God, I think it was Wolverine number one, the, the Claremont uh, wow. Busima series. And around that time, I bought the, the, the Death of Robin trade mm-hmm. paperback. 
And I think around that time, I also bought the X-Men Dark Phoenix paperback for some reason. Wow. Apparently, I had a lot of money on me. (laughs) 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 Um, But those are the first few things that I remember having. And then I went back soon after that, and I started buying more comics. And then that was at the time when you would read a comic, say that for some reason I decided to pick up Spider-Man. And I'd be reading it, and it would say... uh, it would refer to something, and you'd read the asterisk, and the asterisk would say, see Fantastic Four, thir- you know, 414, and you'd go, okay, and you'd pick that up. And I remember, like, I very rapidly expanded the number of things that I was reading. And I've always been the kind of person, like, if there's something more to know, I will go find out that other thing. So, like, I just quickly started reading lots and lots and lots of comics. Um, I do remember at some point going into a drugstore early on then and buying uh, Amazing Spider-Man 315, which was uh, uh, Todd McFarlane. And it was mm-hmm. uh, the cover was Spider-Man fighting uh, Hydro-Man, and I just remember looking at that art and thinking that is awesome. I've never seen any art like that. And and then you know, following Amazing Spider-Man, and McFarlane left very soon after that, I think. But uh, that got me early on. It's it's a shame what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> and then I stopped reading comics when I was probably 15 or so. Because you're too cool for school. No, couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like I mean, it, maybe it was a little bit of like for whatever reason, but I dropped off, and I think that I was, for a while, I was, like, a regular at my comic shop. I was, like, showing up there before they opened, and they let me in, you know, like, and I just hang Jeez. out there and watch TV and read comics. I was there all the wow. time. And at some point, like, I, I don't know if my interest changed. I think we moved further away, so I couldn't walk to the comic shop anymore, and then I couldn't afford to buy that many books, and I just could have sort of dropped off. So then I took an, a hiatus of a while for a while, and then... um my junior year of college, I happened to room with some guys who were friends with Connor. This is uh, all my he, fault, by the way. He had got them reading comics again through JLA, through Grant Morrison's JLA. Freshman year of college, I, I showed yeah. them JLA, Grant Morrison's JLA, and they loved it, and they got back into comics. So they started, and I started reading their comics. I wasn't buying them, and I was reading them. I'd read everything they got, and I got right back into it, and I remember the books then that got me were, it was JLA, and it was around issue 17, 18, something like that, and it was uh, Mark Wade's JLA Year One, or I think it was called, and then yeah. a bunch of stuff yeah. like that. DC stuff got me in. The first comic that I bought after that was Superman Forever, which was god awful. <laughs> um, and you know, like, but I still had enough of my old past memory that I could bring back all that stuff. I was much more of a Marvel person before, and that was at the time that they relaunched all the Marvel books, and all of a sudden they were incredibly good. And I learned names like Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade. Uh, you know, and, and artists the Avengers, like, uh, the Avengers book. Uh, that, that was those were really good, and and I and I got back into it. Then I started buying comics regularly, and I've been buying them weekly ever since. Which was, holy crap, eight or nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Ron. So my story is similar to both of yours, I guess, but um, but different. I grew up I grew up on Long Island in New York, and um, I'd always I never. I was never into comics as a kid the way Connor was or the way Josh was, but I was into comic-like things. Like, of course, I was into He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers and stuff like that, and as well as Star Wars. And the one thing that they all had in common was they, they all had this rich collection of characters and almost like a back history. And so I kind of see that as kind of like the, the you know, kind of lead-in to comics, you know, is that is that I was already kind of, you know, trained to you know, want to, the same way Josh, understand everything about this universe that I was reading, you know, watching or playing with or being involved in. Um, I did have, you know, I remember a couple of, you know, a Superman comic here, a Spider-Man comic here, the Spider-Man one in French that I talked about a couple podcasts ago, but I would never really actively collected them. Um, I was, I was mainly a baseball card kid in the 80s, you know, surprise, surprise. Um, but then, 
you know, um, and I've told Connor and Josh's story a million times, but then I'll never forget in sixth grade sitting in home ec class next to this kid, this new kid in school, this kid, Eric Venig. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, Eric, hello. <laughs> I think he transferred out the next year. So I don't, I don't even know what became of him. Um, but, um, and we're sitting in class and he's flipping through an issue of Excalibur, um, Excalibur number 19 to be exact. And, um, what was unique about that was it, in that particular issue, uh, Jamie Madrox, not Jamie Madrox, uh, Jamie Braddock, uh, Captain Britain's brother, who's crazy and has reality bending powers, um, is, has taken the whole team down. And Phoenix is hurt, but um, uh, and Rachel Summers, not Jean Grey, um, but uh, Megan on the Excalibur, who's a shapeshifter, um, she sent uh, Phoenix used to be on the X Men, so she's sending what the characteristics of all the X Men were to Megan, who she would shapeshift in, into them to fight to fight the bad guy. And in that one issue, I remember this kid Eric telling me, "Oh, now she's being Wolverine, and Wolverine's this—you know—he's this Canadian guy, and he's got claws, and like—and now she's Rogue, and now she's Cyclops, and like it was really interesting because it was like this universe of, of people." And I never, I'll, I'll never forget him letting me borrow that comic that that period in Home Ec, and I read it. And then that afternoon, I ran to the drugstore and I bought that issue as well as X Men, as well as Wolverine, as well as you know—and this is like '89, maybe '88, '89. So it was right on the precipice of the Marvel explosion. And honestly, it was all timing. It was all like just being in the right place at the right time uh, to get into it. And, and like Josh, I started buying, and, and Connor, I'd buy back issues, you know, to try to catch up. And I'll, I'll never forget my first issue of X Men is Uncanny X Men number 269, which is Rogue fighting Ms. Marvel um, for her powers, and then Magneto um, helps Rogue. And, and they go off to the Savage Land and whatever. And the thing was, is like I had no idea. I'm like, who the hell is this Magneto guy? Like, I had, like, I had no idea, you know. And like, this is before the internet, before Google and stuff like that. So you can't go and find it. So I had to like go go to the comic shop and flip through. And I'm like, oh, well, that was the fun of it back then. Yeah, exactly. Finding out the archaeological aspect of comics. Yeah, and the thing is, and and as as much as we lament over it and, and hate it now, I mean, like Extinction Agenda was my first big. Uh, Marvel crossover and I fucking loved it. It was just like, all right, now I need to get New Mutants and now I need to get X Factor and now I need Atlantis you know, like attacks. Was, yeah, yeah, it was just it was great and and so that really got me into it and I bought comics steadily from like '89 until like '92 or so, like till I, I was 15 or 16. And you know, at that time I got into music and I got into girls and said, ah, whatever, it's lame. And so I kind of stopped buying them. And then that only you got over a, girls though. Don't worry. Yeah, it, that only lasted a year. And <laughs> when one of the guy, one of the guys who I was friends with, um, I was into skateboarding and punk and all that kind of stuff. But one of the guys happened to like comics as well, and we went to the comic book store one day during lunch, and that was right when Image started. And so I, it was so I started buying Savage Dragon, Wildcats, and and it was all names that I recognized from back when I collected comics. Um, so I wanted to find out what happened, why they wouldn't work at Marvel, that whole, you know, image explosion. And I've been buying ever since. And then I went to college, to the same college as Connor and Josh. And Connor and I were in a class, um, freshman year. And we, we found out that we had similar tastes in Star Wars and things like that. I don't think we ever talked about comics though. No, no, we didn't. We just talked about Star Wars. But then, um... I think we bumped into each other in the one comic book shop. Let's think, let's uh, let's briefly talk about that, Ron, <laughs> and how Ron used to drive right past me while I was waiting for the bus and not offer me a ride. I didn't really know you. I didn't know. I don't. I didn't know where you were going, what you were doing, or whatever. So <laughs> all the time. Eh. But but I did. I did give you a lift that one time when we went and we bought the first issue of Kingdom Come. That's true. I do remember that, and then I believe I believe we went many a time after that. So yeah. I, don't, I, I, I know, believe but, that, I, and then I met Ron because I was in a class with him too. But I wasn't reading yeah. comics at that point. We ended up just getting along anyway because we made fun of the kid who fell asleep in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, 
Oh, and then, college. and then after I went, I went to LA for a semester and came back is when I started reading comics, and then. And I don't think you knew I was into comics. Like you were reading comics with Connor and all his friends. Like because yeah. we, because I was in a different world, a different like kind of social circle, and and I don't, I don't know at what point we made the connection that we were. Like, it oh, was we're late. All, it was late. We're all it was almost comics, at yeah. the end of the or college yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's think, think of all the time we missed. So I've been anyway. buying comics regularly at the store since junior high. Yeah, I've been a yeah, yeah. weekly. I didn't slave realize Ron had a break. High. No, I broke. I, I broke twice. I broke in. Um, I broke that one year, the lost year in high school, and then I broke for like four months right when I started college because I didn't think I'd have enough money, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna stop," and I, that didn't last very long. So, cause hey, was, did you go back and buy everything from that four months? No, actually, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, uh, no, the, the, the unca- uncanny, I did. Like a couple right. titles, I did, but not not en masse. So, right. Um, so that's a brief history of who we are and why we like comics. And postscript to that would be then that uh, yeah. after we got out of school, uh, we were chatting. Uh, the web was new and booming. <laughs> we thought, yeah. let's uh, let's do something about this. Oh, that you know why? Because we started up a mailing list. Well, of all yeah. of our well, friends who read back, comics. Yeah, we'll back it up as to when we graduated, all went our separate ways. Josh is in L.A. Ron is in Connecticut. I'm in New York. Um, we missed being able to discuss comics and talk about them with each other. So we would start emailing. We start. We started a weekly email discussion. Where you you would list all the books you bought in like a short paragraph as whether it was good or bad. Yeah, and we'd yeah. there was like ten guys on the list, and we'd go around every every like Thursday, and then yeah, that was fun. And it caught on like to a bunch of people. So like you know like one guy would know somebody that the rest of us didn't know, and like there was like fifteen people on the list at its finest point. Yeah, and, and then and we decided we'd sprint spin it off to a website. Yeah, and then none of those guys went to the website ever, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the emails died, and then nobody went to the website for many years, and then um and then this whole podcasting thing started, and I said, and I just I wanted to try doing a podcast, and I didn't have anything to talk about, and so we said let's talk about comics, and here we are, and now people come to the site. Our dream has been fulfilled. So thank you, people, for five years later. Five yeah, years later. Recently, so. we've been noticing conversations going on that have nothing to do with us. Oh yeah, I mean, like I, I, I say to Connor all the time. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if you all who use the site notice. Like, I rarely post on the site purely because I don't have a lot of time because of work and stuff like that. And you know, you guys are just doing it yourselves. That's awesome. That's great. You know, the the it's, I love it when I go to a, a thread and I see the the comments went from two to seventeen in an afternoon. You know, and we awesome, went for so. years with nothing. Yeah, so it's like great. we'd put something up and be one or two people. There's a couple, there's a couple of people around who've been the around. The core for a people, long like time. the dude, Toga, Toga, Toga and, and the dude. dude. Yep. They, Toga and the dude really kind of kept us going for for keep, keeping the site going. For a little while, we were like, "Well, we got to do it for them." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so thank you. But anyway, um, so that was the first part of his question, and the second part um, is much more um, uh, a more concise answer, and he and similar to. Um, one of the questions earlier uh, from Logan, I think, as well, which kind of asked behind the scenes, how do we do the podcast? And I'm actually going to write up an article about this for you all who are curious about it because I'm into, for those who don't know, I work in the internet space and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm going to write up exactly how we do it. But basically, Josh is in L.A., Connor's in New York, and I'm in Connecticut. We connect uh, via Skype. And there's a add-on program that we have called Power Gramo that allows us to record the conversation. Um, and then uh, we edit the audio of the recording in an open source audio editing program called Audacity. Um, and that's where we edit the um, the conversation. We put in the music and save it out as an MP3. And you then take out uh, most of my racist comments. Yeah, exactly. Like that one. <laughs> <laughs> edit point there. That's and, a joke. Um, I know, joking. <laughs> <laughs> I just and then, just in case no one gets my irony. <laughs> um, uh, there's a site called libsyn.com, which stands for Liberated Syndication, and they host our MP3 files. 
and our XML feed is served through FeedBurner, um, and we update those with the with the new podcast info, and it goes out to Odeo or iTunes or whatever, and then it goes into your lap. Um, and for the website, uh, for those of you who are curious, our website is powered by Movable Type, which is a very popular blogging tool. Um, but it's not, you know, the all the templates and all the look and feel and everything are completely customized for our iFanboy look and feel. And so you we really did help. have a weblog before ever knew anyone used the word blog. Yeah, we years did. ago, way yeah. ahead of the curve. Well, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Basically, yeah. basically, we a friend of mine had built a a custom application that was basically a ripoff of Slashdot. Um, and not really as feature-rich as movable type as all the tools that we have now, but we were well ahead of the curve, so it was pretty cool. So, um, so I'm going to write up a whole detailed article for you, everybody to enjoy for that. So and we'll and the other thing that you know is like we are we we're doing it all ourselves. We yeah, don't. Yeah. There's no money. I mean, you see ads on the site. But literally, don't, don't. We're not. Yeah, that's, we're not the, that's anything. the that's, Yeah, that's the other thing. You might you you if you go to ifanboy.com, you might have noticed. You know, a couple of months ago, we added Google Ads AdWords on the right, and then recently we've added some banners. We don't just so you know we don't make a cent off this. Like we, you know, we uh, we we're charged. You know, luckily I've got a we've got a situation where we're not charged for our hosting um, for the site, so we're lucky there. Um, but we do pay to host the podcast files, but it's a very small amount. It's not that much money. And we do it out of our pocket for the love of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we thought, hey, maybe we can make some change on this. So we've thrown up the ads. And it has literally changed. Yeah, it's literally changed. I mean, like, we, we've literally made not a lot of money. Um, so if you feel, you know, generous, just click on some of the ads every now and then. Why wouldn't you want to be part of the William Shatner DVD club? And we put that up there because we just love Shatner, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the, the new ads that you saw, we... Um, we're you know we're filtering what ads show up on our site and we're trying to pick the companies that would actually be advertising something that you our listeners or your users or stuff we've in. bought from like think yeah, geek, exactly. think geek and things like that yeah think geek and the star wars store and and um you know master replicas who make those lightsabers it's like they were trying to pick geeky kind of stuff that you you all would be interested in um so if you have any thoughts about the advertising if you hate it if you love it if you don't mind it you know let us know um, we, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year from now the ads are gone just because we don't have enough users to actually make it worthwhile. But, you know, we'll see. It's an experiment. We're just, you know, I'm curious, and so we put it up there, so we'll see what happens. So so that said, we should probably wrap this one up. This is going to be a long one, guys. So, <laughs> what was um, the extravaganza? It was the extravaganza. Oh, um... So half a should, year. Half a year. Um... We should um, mention the Frapper map has continued its explosion. Right? At 120 members. Wow, Jeez. very good. Thanks, everybody. So if you want to go there, go to um, frappr.com slash ifanboy, and you can stick your pin in the map. Um, we, we would like to see the equal number of downloads to pins in the map someday. So, so if you haven't done that yet, go do it. <laughs> and always come to ifanboy.com. Uh, comment on the stuff going on in the pick of the week thread. You can talk about the books you got, what you thought about stuff. Uh, yeah, we like to hear everybody's opinions on what they bought, not just what, what we picked as the pick of the week. But because yeah, we can't, we can't cover everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or can so, we afford and, to buy everything? So if you know, talk about everything you've got. And we're finding that that we're you know you're turning us on to books that we're not reading, which is great. So it's just you know, so keep it up. So. You can and write us you, at contact at ifanboy.com. Yeah, if you have any questions or you want us to story you want us to post. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, any of that. So, right. really, thanks for listening. We're like beyond like this. Twenty-five uh, episodes. I think I read like we've all read the article somewhere that like most po- most podcasts don't make it past ten, and for us, it's gone up every week. More people are listening, and we get these these great mails, and and uh, it's fun. Yeah. And so we're not going anywhere. 
So thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks very much. All right, and guys. Th- thanks for 25 great episodes. Good job, guys. Thank you. Yeah, let's pat ourselves on the back a little. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, and as long as you know the comics are worth reading, I guess we'll keep talking about them. So. Oh, he's trying to come up with his own Stan Lee kind of thing. Yeah, I know. Excelsior. <laughs> so, oh. This is Stan the Man. I can't do a Stan Lee impression, unfortunately. I can't either. He's, yeah, he's, it's tough. He's he's gifted. He's he's dead, but he's gifted. He's not dead. <laughs> he's know, been dead he's, for years. He's a real I know, so I, my theory about Stan Lee is that it's been like a weekend at Bernie's thing where he died in 1994, <laughs> and they just keep propping him up for publicity things and stuff he's like that. He's half automaton. Yeah, yeah, or he's you know, he's like um, uh, Machine Man or whatever. So, <laughs> oh, God, all right, well, twenty five in the can. Thank you guys. Twenty five so. more coming up. Yeah, <laughs> over the course of twenty five weeks. Otherwise. <laughs>